0: where we think about pain points, we think about use cases, we think about jobs to be done, and we also think about features and try to connect each feature or product, if we are talking about a company with different products, with the pain points, use cases, and jobs to be done that people have.
1: We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis.
0: Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHFs. AHFs provides you with an all in one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your webpages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well wherever you may be. I hope you're enjoying the summer and, um, that you had some time off to recharge and come back stronger for September and Q4, the end of the year. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, we published, I published a a post on my LinkedIn profile and I shared some best practices that we follow. At least we try to, and that we have identified as important in the context of a successful content program. So I would like to share them with you. Some of them you may use already and follow already as best practices. Some of them not, if anything, they're based on on our experience, working with clients and helping our clients achieve great results, and hopefully they will help you do the same. So let's get started with the first one, which is a very basic one, your editorial guidelines, the editorial guidelines is a document that helps your content writers, content managers, content quality people agencies that you work with, freelancers, everyone, be on the same page when it comes to how you want your content to be. Now, it doesn't have to be a 60 page document for it to be useful, useful, and to, to be effective, right? I would say that as long as you cover everything around how you really envision your content to be, you're good to go. And you have to think about the fact that this is not only important for bigger companies that, you know, have bigger teams and work with many different vendors, it's also very important for smaller companies, right? And at the same time, it should be treated as a, as a live, um, the document, right, you should like improve it, develop it, and it should evolve as your content program matures and evolves. The second one, your brand guidelines. This is important for, you know, the creative aspect of content creation, and it will allow you to get your designers and creative people on the same page. Think of it as like what the editorial guidelines will do for your content, which is mainly, you know, text, but also touches on, on other aspects of content creation as well, but a bit more focused on the creative aspect of things. Then, especially for SaaS companies, something that we didn't used to do, but we started doing it after the experience we had with Luan. public SaaS company we are working with is guidelines on, we call them comparative guidelines, um, you could call them comparative, comparative advertising guidelines or whatever, it doesn't like matter. What matters is that in this document you should talk about how your content team and vendors you're working with should talk about other businesses because if you're a SaaS company chances are you are doing alternative pages, you are doing listicles, you are doing VS pages, and there, there should be some guardrails. Of course, we, we, we always suggest that these pages go through a legal review as well, but we know that that's not like possible with most companies, unless we're talking about a bigger company that has a, a legal team in house, but. I would say that this is a layer on top of like your editorial guidelines to ensure that people who are talking about other software and writing on your blog or like writing content for for landing pages or copy for landing pages, they're on the same page as to how you can talk about other people, uh, other companies, uh, other products and so on and so forth. So comparative guidelines is a number uh, three in our list. Then legal guidelines. This is mostly, you know, important for bigger companies, especially companies that are pre IPO or that are obviously public or companies that operate in industries that are regulated. For example, if you are a, um, like a marketplace like Bitcoin, or if you are, um, sharing advice on like personal finance or. If you're sharing medical advice and so on and so forth, it would make sense to work with your legal team or like legal advisors. They may be like they may be working with you as a vendor to draft a one-page or two-page document with all the all the legal guidelines, all the all the all the legal guardrails you have to keep in mind when creating content. Just to make sure that you will. Uh, basically uh, not cross the left and right limit of what you can and you what you can't say okay Um, then one thing that's I would say mostly important for or mostly effective for for companies with many uh, different features many different use cases and even different verticals they are going after we Try to create a document. This could be, you know, in the form of a Google seed, or you can even create it on, on Google docs or any other like document software uh, really where we think about pain points, we think about use cases, we think about jobs to be done. And we also think about features and try to connect each feature or product. If we are talking about a company with different products with the pain points, use cases, and jobs to be done that people have, right? And of course this is, especially for younger companies, this is based on many assumptions, I would say bigger companies that operate for a while, they are, they they can be more sure, let's say that these are indeed the pain points that we are solving for and the use cases, the best use cases for our product and so on and jobs to be done, of course, but regardless, it's a document that will help you or that will help your, your team be aligned as to, uh, what like pain points and, um, use cases and jobs to be done map to what features, okay. Um. And at the same time, it will allow you to do that at scale. Okay. Which is, which is very important. Number six, we have product expert interview transcriptions, and this is important to get the unique perspective of people who live and breathe products. We do that usually in the beginning of engagements with our con-creation clients, and we repeat the process when there is a very big change on the product when, when there is a new big feature coming up or when, you know, there is a change in product leadership inside the company where we, we need the the perspective of the new uh, leadership to make sure that we are aligned with like what the company thinks about the the product, right? Uh, Then, number seven, sales call transcriptions to hear from prospective customers, how they describe the product, how they are looking for the product and try to understand what made them move forward with your solution or what made them, what stopped them from moving forward. Of course, it's not easy, even from, you know, from a privacy standpoint and data security standpoint to, to have a transcription or transcribed version of every sales call, but you could in coordination with your sales team, you could ask them to record some of the calls, and then you can have access to, to these uh, recordings and use all these insights um, to inform your content strategy or specific piece of content. And like the use cases or the pain points that you are solving for based on what prospective customers told you, right? Then customer call, uh, transcriptions to hear from paying customers, people who are uh, paying you, uh, they, they, they've served their credit card, credit card details with you and they are paying you in the beginning of every month or, you know, whenever the billing period, um, mm-hmm. is, and you need to hear from them what problems they solve, what they do before and after they use a, your product. What is the actual you know job to be done because very often we have some assumptions as to why people use the product but the reality is slightly different so this is why you need to to get access to these people and if if possible to talk to these people yourself right number nine a product screenshot library this is mostly suitable for companies that have a more mature, let's say product. I wouldn't advise it as much to like smaller companies with um, a younger, let's say product where things change and they change fast. But what we do in, in several cases is that we build or try to build a product screenshot, screenshot library with screenshots for different use cases or jobs to be done of the product, of course, and we do that to be able to integrate the product more easily in a piece of content without having to recreate every use case whenever you're working on a, on a new piece of content. Of course, the quote unquote Mm -hmm. danger here is to like rely on these screenshots and don't and not go back to the product and log in and take new screenshots, fresh screenshots to, to describe a process, which is unrealistic to do every single time, this is why we are like suggesting a product, product screenshot library. But this sh- doesn't mean that you should be. And your, the content team in general should be deattached by the product and the evol- involvements and like the progress that happens there. Okay. Then we have a quotes library, which is basically a library of quotes from like people inside the company through the product expert interviews you, you conducted customers or other people who have an influence, let's say over your audience and that you are connected with these people. Somehow think about a YouTuber that creates videos related to like project management and you are you happen to be a project management software right you would like to have some quotes quotes on like different topics from this person that you can like feature in your content pieces right mm-hmm. then we have number 11 post templates to create uh, content for prominent and often used content formats faster without compromising on quality, which is very important. An example here would be having templates for, and by the way, when I say post templates, I mean, you, you may refer to it internally as content brief templates, right? This is what we mean, essentially the, the structure of of the piece, how it should be. Uh, we call that outline and minutia, which is one of the three parts of a, of a content brief, you may call it differently. It doesn't matter. The, the essence of the, the, basically what we mean is the, the same thing, right? And so you need that because if, for example, you get started with alternative pages or like listicles, you wouldn't want to like create the structure for this piece of content over and over again, you would want to have something scalable that you can use by making a copy of, of a document and like that you can go to the document and start working on it right now. Right? So this is number 11. Number 12, customer examples. This is important, especially for, for content teams who want to like share the voice of the customer and share examples with your audience. Ideally, you should split that by industry, vertical, or company size. And the reason behind that is you would like different people and different from different companies, so different like leads and prospects from different, let's say accounts to resonate with different customer examples, right? So if you are a SaaS company that sells to, uh, SMBs. But at the same time, you you serve a small like segment of enterprises. You would want to feature examples of both, and you would want these examples to be easily accessible by your content team so they can feature them in the content they produce, regardless of the type format, the medium, this content is distributed on and so on. Number 13 graphic templates, this can come in handy for things like featured images, right? Even though we we generally advise, not against featured images, but at least we think that they shouldn't take over the whole above the fold experience or screen as they they used to in the past, We, we see some positive improvements On that end, since many companies are decreasing the, the size of, of their featured images, but regardless, you should have some graphic templates for featured images, or for, let's say you, you include comparison tables inside your piece of content and you do that often. Why don't you create a template in Figma, Adobe InDesign or any other tool, Photoshop, whatever you may be using or your team. Uh, Maybe is maybe using um, and work on it right away instead of going back every time and creating the same uh, thing over and over again. And of course, you could you could create since you have a template, you can use it and use it with some like recreate it with some variations in colors uh, and so on every time. Always, of course, um, in line with your uh, brand guidelines, then we feel that especially if you're working with uh, service providers, let's say you're working with an agency like Minusia, you need to give these people access to a demo account. And this is essential because people who are working, who are involved in the con creation process in general. For example, the lead content writer for, for an engagement should have access to the uh, product, even though obviously there is no expectation that they will be using the product every day. Still, it's important that they have access to it so they can go back to it. And like follow a step-by-step process in the context of creating a piece of content. Or get a piece of information, get a screenshot, create, create a GIF and so on and so forth. Number 15, and this is the last one, which is mostly important for us as an agency, but I can see value and I, I can definitely see a use case for in-house teams as well. We have what we call a seedback archive. I will be honest, com creation is not easy, it's very tough, especially with with AI coming into play, we all have to level up and do better than what we used to do, and in that context, there is a lot of feedback, especially in the beginning of an engagement with a new client that we have to understand and integrate into the content that we produce, but. At the same time, because, you know, things change, like people change, people come and leave or, um, because at the end of the day, we are humans and we have limited capacity in terms of what we can remember, especially in an agency context where you work with like many different clients on many different uh, projects and so on. We don't want to rely on, on our brains to remember something. We have what we call a feedback archive, which is basically a repository of feedback for every client where we like go there. It's a, it's a Google doc where we go to this Google doc and we leave every piece of feedback that's significant, of course, right, that our clients share with us so that our team has a stronger quote unquote unquote, memory and that everyone is on the same page at any time regarding this engagement and what is important besides all the other things that I, I mentioned that we could have such as editorial guidelines, comparative guidelines and so on and so forth. So these are the 15 uh, best practices that we would like to suggest that you follow. Now, to be clear, even if you have all the above your content program can still fail or at least not work as well as you'd like it to, but rest assured that following some of the above best practices or building some of these assets will set you and any external vendors up for success. As I mentioned, these items are based on experience. And I remember that in the beginning, when we started working on concreation, we didn't used to ask for pretty much anything. Had the client had something to share, like editorial guidelines or anything like that, very basic though. That's great. That's fine. They didn't have to share anything. That's fine as well. But now we push and we really try hard to get, or at least compile or create together some of these resources to ensure the success of the content program, which is the, the ultimate goal of, of all of us, right? That's all for now. That was another Solace episode. I would like to thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for more episodes like this. Thank you very much. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHS. AHS provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research and technical audits. The best part. You can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website. See all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for. Take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free.
1: Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.